Welcome to the Center in the City podcast. I'm your host, Wade Brill, and during this series, I'll be interviewing various thought leaders, wellness experts, and humans on how they practice sustainable self-care and mindfulness. We'll get real and raw, talk about the light and the shadow side of self-care and mindfulness, and how we can actually stay centered amid the chaos and the hustle and bustle of our modern day world. So settle in and get centered. This podcast episode is brought to you by Centered in the City, a virtual on-demand self-care and mindfulness platform with over a hundred different meditations, journaling prompts, nourishing recipes, and Pilates flows, all designed to support you feeling calm, focused, and energized as you live your life in this modern day world. For more information, head on over to centeredinthecity.org and claim your seven-day free trial. Notice how much better you will feel by having a consistent practice to support you staying centered. Hi, my name is Jessica, and I wanted to drop a little audio for Wade's podcast to talk about my experience with Forum Centered in the City. Uh, So far, my experience has been nothing but positive. It's full of quality content. It's really well-rounded. It has really good meditations healthy recipes, Pilates, even journal prompts. And then she also does a monthly connection call that kind of takes you deeper into topics and gives you some actionable items if you want to take it further. But one thing I really like about the monthly calls is it's at your own pace. It's recorded. So if you can't make the call, you can just watch it whenever you can get time. The newsletters that she sends out in the email are minimal. I think they're only once a week, uh, but they're really helpful and they highlight things that are new on the platform. So I really love that. In general, I just love knowing that I have a central space to go to to cherry pick what I am feeling up for or feeling like I need to, you know, create for for myself, whether it's uh, some movement in my body or uh, guided meditation to kind of settle my mind and get me started or journal prompts if I'm feeling like I need some help with direction. But overall, it's just a really good resource for so many things. And it's nice to know that I have one central location to pick from and I don't have to worry about a bunch of different subscriptions or where I go for what and things like that. So yeah, if you haven't given it a try, I highly recommend it. Thanks, Jessica, for sharing your words and your experience with Centered in the City. Welcome back to the Centered in the City podcast. Today, we get to talk about one of my favorite topics, the body, how we get to live and learn and understand the wisdom of these beautiful bodies that we live in, no matter what size, shape, color, or ability our body has. It is a gift. And today, I get to talk with Christy De La Cruz, who is the author of Unleash, Unlearn, and Enliven, Seven Micro Practices to Engage Your Somatic Wisdom. Christy is a leadership coach and facilitator, and she draws on her practice from her Soma Yoga certification, as well as her interest in bodyful practices. So settle into this really insightful discussion, and let's get centered. Christy, welcome to the Center in the City podcast. Thank you so much, Wade. It's great to be here. I want to begin with the famous question of 
telling us a time that you weren't centered and how you supported yourself recentering? That's such a great question. And I think it's not one time. <laughs> it's probably happened a few times. Probably my least centered times are when I am what I call the HALT acronym, hungry, angry, lonely, or tired. And when this Love sort of manifests, <laughs> HALT, don't do anything. Um, my poor husband is probably uh, the person who bears the brunt of that when I'm uncentered. Uh, and that any of those things can really throw me off as far as being as responsive as I could be. And so I would say that any of those circumstances really kind of can can uh, get me off center. I can definitely relate. And I was definitely in that halt mindset a few days ago. And my husband and I definitely got into it. So how did you, re how do you, when you get into those halt moments, recenter, realign yourself? Yeah, well, it's helped that over time, I've developed more of a meditation practice. So, I, and I check in with my body too. I try to notice when everything sort of constricts or feels tight. And I feel like I'm going in almost like a defensive mode. And I start to go, oh, interesting. My body is, is kind of preparing for battle here. And sometimes I just have to say, I'm taking a breath. I'm just going to take a breath or two. I even say that out loud to my husband because. He can realize that I can, you know, kind of get in a certain mode and um, it's like the brain is going way faster than <laughs> uh, my more mindful responses. And so to take a couple of breaths and say, I'm not sure I heard you and I'm not sure I was really listening because I was thinking of something else. Let's try to start again. And so that's really helped a lot is just observing that reaction in the body and figuring out oh, okay, this isn't about what my husband's saying. It's about some other thing that might be coming up, maybe from the past too. I love that. So I'm hearing you're using your body as this temperature gauge to help you determine yeah. what's really happening internally or externally and realizing it's not always your husband. You know, I think some of us would love to make everything that's unpleasant or wrong or out of alignment of what we want, um, the other person's fault. And so yeah. to notice, oh, it's actually happening within my own body can be really helpful. Um, obviously, you're a practitioner with working with the body. So tell us a little bit more about somatic work and how you use the body to collect its wisdom? Yeah, thank you for asking that. I think for me, what I started recognizing was that my mind is very active and I, I happen to have ADHD. And so my mind can be going a mile a minute. And when I'm out of sync, where my mind is sort of way ahead and my body, I'm not aware of what's happening in my body. I don't make the best decisions, you know, I, or I get too anxious about the future. And so those body-based practices for me, it started with yoga a few years ago. I've been practicing for about 15 years and I got really serious about five years ago when I went through a stressful period at work and I realized, okay, I don't like how my body's feeling. You know, I'm feeling this sort of like, I get home and I want a glass of 
wine. Um, what is that about? And so I put a pause on that for a while and I thought, ooh, okay, here's where all the emotional stuff comes up. And so I, I realized that my body is such an important indicator of where I am and a reflection of what thoughts I'm having too, because that, those have an impact on the body. And so that really kind of led me to study more like Soma yoga practice in specific. So 2019, I went and got my certification on that because I thought this stuff is magic. When you really figure out how to tune in and listen inward, you just, you make better decisions. You tune into that intuition. So that's how it started, I think. Oh, yes. The body, just as you're sharing your journey, like I, again, I resonate and how when we listen to the body, there is so much wisdom that helps guide us. And some of the things that I notice that come up with some of my clients in the initial processes or even just talking to friends and community members, sometimes they don't want to be in their bodies. Mm -hmm. And it's not necessarily trauma-based, even though, you know, capital T trauma-based. Mm -hmm. um, sometimes it's just people don't want to know what they're feeling. Yeah. Can yeah. you like talk about that or like how you've worked yeah. with your clients around that or what you've discovered yourself around your own journey with working with the body? Yes. Yes. Thank you for saying that because I think we are in a culture that might place more emphasis on our thinking and sort of like our left brain rational mind. And, and it's, and, and so we're maybe conditioned to ignore the body or mind over matter, you know, like all of that. And I think that is, so I just acknowledge that first of all, like, okay, it's not easy to be in your body right now. Sometimes your body's telling you things that you don't really want to listen to, you know, like maybe you've taken on a few too many projects or um, maybe you just need some rest or um, maybe you need to put up some boundaries and that's going to be an uncomfortable conversation. So when we put it off, like, and food is one of my go-tos as well. So I, <laughs> I tend to, if I don't want to, you know, kind of address things, I find myself at the refrigerator or in the pantry, and then I'm starting to ask myself, okay, what is this really about? And it's maybe not willing to sit with my body and sit with those thoughts too that are coming up. It's like, we're kind of, kind of trying to outrun those thoughts. And for me, that's just been, um, you know, having to get rid of some of or acknowledge some body shaming that happened early on. And just as a culture, like, you know, our bodies are never enough or not the right shape or size, all of that. And so when you really tune in and you say, hey, my body is just perfect in this moment and it's trying to tell me something, you might just be okay with. It's hard right now for me to hear it. And that's okay. And I don't necessarily have to do anything right away. I just want to listen. And the more you kind of soften into that, I think the more you start hearing it and you start realizing and trusting yourself too, because when you've been ignoring your body for a while, sometimes it's, it gets more, it gets louder. <laughs> so um, it's maybe best to um, just see it as an ongoing practice, an ongoing relationship, and that the more you do it for brief moments at a time, the better you'll get at it and the more comfortable it might be to, to go there. I love that you just highlighted that it's a relationship with our body because that for me has been a huge shift that when we can see 
we are constantly getting to know ourselves and know our bodies and what it likes and what it doesn't like and what feelings and sensations really mean in our body and to understand also what's happening internally and have that interoception of what's happening internally really strengthen and um, is a, a game changer if, for me. Yeah. And I yeah. noticed that when I was going through cancer and going through chemotherapy, that was really the first time I was able to listen inwards. I was very much in my body. Somebody who was practicing Pilates was very physically active and in tuned with movement, but having that discernment to be able to listen internally really happened when I was going through chemo and then to feel and to sense and to hear the body on all those different layers and how that was such a game changer and how I lived in my body. Yeah. Oh yeah. No, that's so interesting, Lee, because I was curious about that as well. If your body kind of, the relationship changed at that point um, for you. Yeah. And what yeah. changed about it? Yeah. Yeah. So like you shared a little bit about your story with this big stressful work life moment, it sounds like about five years ago. So for you, what happened that allowed you to really tune in to listen to your body? Yeah, well, I had started um, listening to a few coaches and trying to get some awareness around, um, I didn't really want to do weight loss. Like I knew that my body wasn't feeling as good as it had been. I was doing a lot of international travel for my job and it, it just required me to be a lot of places. And I realized that I also wasn't speaking up for things that were really important to me. And so that's where, you know, this sort of desperate need to get home and have a glass of wine was, you know, it was like, I don't like that feeling that that's immediately what I have to do. So I think what I recognized was um, you know, and I enlisted, enlisted help first. I told my husband, okay, I'm going to, I'm going to just stop doing this for 10 days just to kind of give myself a little reset and see what's going on. And so many emotions came up and so many, you know, areas where I would have to be brave and courageous and stand up for myself and stand up for my team where, you know, we were, there were a lot of projects being handed down from on high as it were in the corporate world. And I, I really wasn't comfortable. I was a people pleaser. I was like, I'm just going to work harder and meet the, meet the goal. And I, I, it wasn't sustainable. So I knew I had to step back somehow and I was scared to speak up. And so I worked with uh, a coach and to, to work on like, well, how are you going to talk about this? Like, what are some ways that you can kind of practice that discussion in advance? So you're ready for what objections you're anticipating. There's sort of the whole story in my head about what would happen if I spoke up and it wasn't at all true, but my mind sure liked to go there. So yeah, so that created a lot of, I think the awareness of that really helped me be a better leader too, because once I realized, oh, this is actually what I'm supposed to do is stand up for my team and really um, help people understand what the, what the, uh, requirements are and you know it was there were many different countries involved and so the regulations were different there was a lot of communication that I had to do and I wasn't I wasn't ready to do it I guess or my body was saying you better do it and I wasn't ready so um, having that support was great 
So tell us about your process of how you tune into the body to help you lead and move through and listen to the wisdom that comes up. Yeah. Well, it's interesting because I usually start with writing, Wade, and I know, I think you're a journaler as well. So you probably can really- Huge fan. Yeah. Yeah. I, you know, I think because the thoughts can go so fast, you know, they can just be racing around, um, what did you say, 60,000 thoughts a day or something going through our minds. And it's like, you can't really just catch them. You know, they're there. Um, and for me, you know, typically every day I do a thought download or a journal entry, just unload what's there, you know, 10 or 15 minutes. It doesn't have to be long. And then I have a look at it and think, oh, okay, well, that's where, you know, I'm feeling some discomfort or that's what's been eating at me um, and causing me to go over toward the fridge. Um, and then really just taking some time to uh, notice where I feel that, like if there is any kind of emotion, like, okay, I feel that kind of in the throat or a little constriction in the stomach, you know, just kind of where am I sensing that? Breathing through it a little bit and breathing into it, maybe asking, you know, it might seem kind of silly, but asking my body, you know, like what's going on in there? You know, like what, what is that about? You know, can you tell me more? And it's, it's almost like I talk to that body part and ask for wisdom, you know, and almost always something floats up that is like, oh, okay, that's where I need to go next. So it's really slowing down. It's slowing down first. Yeah. And, and writing and then, um, and then asking what's going on. I love that you're highlighting all the different layers of the process because what you originally said, which is so true, you know, in our Western culture, North American Western culture, we are so trained to work the mind, right? Since we go to school, we're constantly learning about the mind and we're not necessarily being asked or tuned into the body, even in sports training, you know, you're, you're yeah. working the body, but you're maybe not highlighting the intuition of the body. Mm -hmm. And so for you, I'm hearing like taking that time to journal, to kind of brain dump the thoughts that are there to let that kind of settle yeah, and then tune in and get really curious about what's coming up in the body. Like, what is the sensation? What, what's here? What's here for me to pay attention to? What need do I have here? And really yeah. allowing yourself to slow down, to listen and, and to get curious. Yeah, that's, that's definitely, that's definitely it. And it's, it's definitely a practice. I'm definitely not perfect at it. <laughs> I have, but it's, None of us are. That, <laughs> yeah, it's, it's something that it's like, we, we teach what we most need to learn. Right. And so this was in the somatic practice, what I loved when I first learned this was the slower, the better. So if you're doing like a shoulder exercise where you move your shoulders in the direction of your ears, like you hold a lot of tension and then you just very slowly let things melt out. There's like almost this trembling sensation as it comes out and the slower you go, the more you reprogram your brain to kind of detect what that is. You know, so the first few times it will just feel like, what the heck is this? And the more you go, that that sort of sensory motor amnesia that we develop that keeps us in these habit patterns that we might not even recognize, um, that can sort of melt away. And then we can help kind of change those habits and move them in other directions over time. But that gets encoded into our bodies as well. So, um, yeah, so I think that that's why I find it so helpful. 
Is this what the body full practice is that you refer to? Yes. Um, Tell I, us a little bit more about it. Yes. I was so delighted when I discovered uh, Christine Caldwell's book it's called Bodyfulness. And I thought, I mean, just like a little bell rung in my head, <laughs> because I guess I've always been a little challenged by the term mindfulness, just because the way we interpret it in Western culture might be like mind over matter kind of thing or privileging the mind over the body. And when I realized like the body and mind are meant to be integrated, they're meant to be like together, um, we may not be very good at it and we separate things out, but that embodied wisdom, I think this is also a feminine quality too, where it's like there's so much wisdom there but we learn to ignore it, we learn to skate over it. But if we tune into it um, and we kind of keep the body as our point of reference, we might make different decisions. Um, and I think about it in a fractal way, like there's a body of the earth, there's a body of, there are bodies of people. There are sort of the collective is a body in a way. And, and there are real effects on people's bodies of policies and ways we, ways we work, ways we expect people to show up. And the more you pay attention to that, you realize, oh, there are a lot of different kinds of bodies. You know, some bodies need more activity to be totally engaged. Some bodies need more stillness. You know, um, you respect really a larger spectrum, I think, if you, if you approach it that way. So, um, so I was so excited when I understood that and, and saw it as a body full, sort of a comp contemplative practice, not just embodiment where it's like you're in your body, but you're actively investigating it, actively thinking or um, sensing into it. Yeah. It, it, one of the, the first foundation of the four foundations of mindfulness is mindfulness of the body, right? Because it is so okay. important for us to be in these bodies, be in these vehicles that we live in 24 seven and getting to know uh, your body just like you would get to know your new car, right? Like you wouldn't mm -hmm. buy a car without checking it out, without test driving it, without peeking under yeah. the hood, without, you know, sitting in the back seat and checking the trunk and the tire pressures, and, right? But yet we start our days without getting into our bodies. Yeah. And that is one of the huge practices intention around centered in the city is to help people build this mindfulness based ritual so that they are embodied and I love what you said body full like really have that awareness of the body from the inside and outside so that they have that sense of grounding to then take their car to take their vehicle wherever they're going next you know but yeah. if they're not there it's like then who's really driving the car you know? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Exactly. Well, and I've appreciated that about your meditations too, Wade, because I've noticed, I've listened to quite a few and I've noticed you, you always have a body, uh, body part of the practice, you know, tune into your feet, you know, feel your feet on the ground. And that's one of the things that in the morning, you know, I have a very conscious, like both feet on the ground for a moment before I get out of bed and, you know, feeling that balanced place before I get up is like, there's just something magical about that because now I'm not off center for the rest of the day, you know, kind of rolling out of bed, you know, I'm, I'm on firm ground. So I really love that. So um, I appreciate that you, 
you typically offer that in, in your meditation. So that's cool. Yeah, right. That slight shift where we can bring our attention to that sense of grounding, that sense of connection to like we are right here is so huge because, you know, as we talked about, the mind can be in the future, the mind can be in the past, but wherever our bodies are is the present moment. So it's like, oh, let's use our body as that anchor point to know what's here. Yeah, yeah, exactly, exactly. You know, when you were asking me about clients and working with clients, I mean, the biggest two places that people seem to be are, of course, the future or the past. And so, you know, ruminating about, oh, some choice I made way back when, but now my life is this, or um, there's all these options in the future, and I'm anxious about how to decide, whereas like, okay, let's come back to present and, and kind of see where we are right now. Because again, you know, those are kind of stories and, um, and that's where people sometimes don't even realize they're stuck or they're recycling something old that's really no longer relevant. Um, so yeah, so I think that full presence is required to, to make change. Yes. Yeah. Full presence in that sense of awareness, right? So that they can mm -hmm. then know what to change. I'm curious, yeah. do you ever feel either with yourself or you see with your clients, like being too aware, being too mindful <laughs> of what is happening yeah. internally yeah. or externally can kind of create, mm. I want to say like stir up trouble or just create mm. some unnecessary tension. Mm, yeah. Yeah. Oh, that's such a great question. I, well, I think this happens with a lot of us who are fairly empathic and can pick up on the emotions and energy of other people. So as you said that, I, the first thing I thought of was being in a room full of like a team meeting or something. And uh, I've, I've always had the tendency to just, you know, within a few seconds, like I, I can take the temperature of the room and kind of know like, okay, are there storms brewing here or is everyone, you know, pretty, pretty okay. Um, and so sometimes it can be hard because when you can sense that fairly easily from other people, you almost can lose track of your own center, which is why that sort of centering again, just coming back to, okay, and how's that affecting my body too? And being able to realize that um, I have almost a, a practice of when some negative energy is coming at me, because I do notice, you know, when, when there's when there's something or there's some aggression or or what feels like that is really like being able to kind of channel that through and and just like almost with my hands even just like put it down into the earth, you know, just like almost like grounding down, you know, putting my hands down there and be like, okay, that's where I'm gonna I'm gonna brush that downward and recycle it in whatever way, and realizing that it doesn't have to get stuck in me, you know, it can, it can flow through, but, but that awareness can, it can almost seem like a, like an, a hypervigilance almost, like you really are aware of so many things. And I think for people, especially with any kind of neurodiversity, that can be very overwhelming. And so you might have to take different uh, care of yourself than other people. You might have to take breaks. You might have to, you know, find those moments when you can, um, you know, maybe you do pick up your phone and you kind of disengage from people for a while and you kind of allow yourself a little break. There are uh, a lot of different ways to do it, but it can be tricky. It can be tricky for sure. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I even notice sometimes 
I can get too aware. And I say too aware because I notice I get trapped in the like, oh, my body's making this sensation in my stomach. What does that mean? And then it goes spirals off and da 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 da, yeah. you know? And so yeah. it's kind of similar to recognizing the thought patterns in the mind for me. It's a practice of not getting so caught up by the physical sensation. You know, sometimes mm -hmm. I can get triggered, you know, having had cancer, get triggered of, oh my God, is something wrong inside of my body? Right. And then oh, there's yeah. a, a need for control to figure it out. And it's like, oh, can I just notice this as a thought sensation? You know, it means a sensation, but just kind of noticing as if it were a thought in my mind, rising and falling and holding with a lot of curiosity and compassion and kindness so that I'm not grabbing hold of it. Because when I grab hold of it, just like I do with the thought in my mind is yeah. when the tension and the extra suffering can happen. Oh, that's so true, Wade. I think it almost like it amplifies it, you know, when we tune into it. And so being able to just be with it, give it space, and then, you know, realizes it, the, the rise and fall is an interesting thing, because I feel like that practice, a, a few years ago, I did some yin yoga practices, and I realized you, you practice holding these positions for quite a long time. And sometimes you're in a slightly uncomfortable position. And so something will feel like, oh, this is, this is kind of, um, but it passes in about 60 to 90 seconds. It's like it oscillates through the body and then it passes. And then you're just like, maybe I didn't need to make up a story about it. It was just like a passing wave. Um, and so that's helped me a little bit when I have something that's intense coming up. It's okay, let's watch this, <laughs> see if it passes, see if it rests and falls. Um, and if it doesn't, obviously, you know, there's something else to pay attention to. But that's so interesting that you say that. I feel I, I can relate to that quite a bit. Yeah, right. And because our bodies can tell us so much, just like our minds, even though our minds are a lot, I think, smarter and trickier at making shit up. And our bodies have a lot <laughs> yeah. more fact, but then I think we have to be discerning of then what is the mind mm -hmm. making up around the physical sensation. So for instance, I was talking to a client who was doing a public speaking event and, you know, she got really activated by um, the thought of public speaking, you know, her yeah. chest gets really red and, and tight and uh, it creates a lot of nervous energy she was labeling it and so we had to we got to work on you know okay you can label it as nervous energy but it also nervous energy also shows up as excited energy in the body right yeah. right that kind of flood and it was like you care about what you're speaking about so of course it's like you want to do a good job and can you use that excited energy and kind of label it differently in the mind and start to use it as a excitement that's going to forge you versus the idea of fear and failure, which would contribute to kind of holding her back and staying in this scared zone of public speaking. And so when she was able to switch that labeling of sensation and start yeah. to use it, it kind of would spread throughout her whole body and gave her this, I'm trying to remember the word she used, but just kind of this, this more energized, confident exposure to let the yeah. body flow, or excuse me, the energy flow versus the constriction of the fear. Yeah, yeah, I love that. 
it's such a it's a reframing right it's it's like this could be interpreted as this or it could be also that excitement of you know and wanting to do a good job and you know wanting to uh, rise to the occasion which our nervous system helps us do but if if we're talking about it in terms of anxiety versus excitement like that definitely changes how we approach it i love that that's cool yeah, like where else can we tune in to notice the body? So you you started to share, you know, when you were getting into halt mode of, of yeah. hungry, ang- angry, lonely, and what was the T? Tired. Tired. Um, yeah. And to like kind of notice those sensations when you're interacting mm-hmm. with your husband. Like how else and why else? Like if we were to, you know, try to inspire more people who are listening, like to tune into the wisdom of your body, like why else is it important? Yeah. You know, I think there's a certain rhythm to our lives and, you know, we're both fans of, of Jenny Blake's work and I've, I've really kind of adopted this um, approach to my work and my life as far as understanding those energy waves, because if we are in a place where we are really focused, like I have that, you know, two hours a day, first thing in the morning, before any email, before any um, distractions, where I can focus on a creative project, um, I get so much more done in those two hours than if I would wait until two in the afternoon, I could spend like four or five hours on it. So, and not still get the quite the same result. So when we pay attention to those kind of waves in our day, we can just be more effective with ourselves. We can be kinder to ourselves when, you know, at noon, my energy tends to wear off and I need a little bit of a break. Um, you know, being self-employed, it's, it's kind of nice because I have a little more control over my schedule, but um, noticing that I need to shift gears. I need to get outside. I need to get a walk. I need, you know, something different. I need not to sit, watch a screen. Um, by doing that, then when I do come back, I'm just much more refreshed and much more creative. I approach things with better, a better attitude. You know, I get less overwhelmed. And so overall, I think paying attention to those waves and um, designing our, our weeks so that we kind of flow with that is so, so excellent to do. Um, and it and it really then helps us just show up in a better way. Um, and then, you know, if I have a client meeting, I, I don't worry that I'm going to be distracted or, um, you know, have something else on my mind. I'm just, I'm there in the moment and can really respond to what's coming up. So um, just, and it makes us happier too. I think it, it's just a more joyful way to live is uh, to go with those rhythms instead of trying to overcome them. Um, you know, we're, we're, we're biological beings, <laughs> you know, we're, we're in nature. And so of course we have cycles like the seasons and to respect those and to go with those rather than to fight them is, um, it's just so more fun and engaging. Yes. And right. We are each a different flower or species, even though we're all yeah. living human beings and we all have different rhythms and energetic management I think is so essential and in order to have that energetic management we have to learn and tune in and listen to the body so thank you for highlighting that Um, Christy this has been so lovely to connect with you and and have you share your wisdom with us where can people learn more about you and your work yeah thank you so much Wade I've really enjoyed it as well and I've 
I've been enjoying following your work. So I appreciate the opportunity to chat. Um, I can be found at uh, LinkedIn is probably my most frequent uh, social channel, as well as my website, We Defy Definition. I work with a lot of people who are in portfolio careers, so we don't call ourselves a X, Y, or Z. We have kind of a broader definition, so that's why I chose that. And yeah, I would love to connect if anyone wants to learn more or um, I'm hoping to launch a podcast in July. So stay tuned. Somatic wisdom is what I've got on the, the boilerplate. So we'll see. So exciting. Amazing. Can't wait to listen to it and what a gift that podcast will be for us. Thank you for being here. Yeah. Thank you so much, Wade. Thanks so much for listening to the Center in the City podcast. If you enjoyed this episode, please take a moment to rate and review the podcast. It helps spread the word as well as I'd love to hear from you. What are you noticing and learning about yourself? Reach out to me on Instagram at one Wade. And until next time, stay centered.